Welcome to Rogue News. We are the preeminent geostrategic, geoeconomic, and geopolitical news show on YouTube and on the web. Join us for hard-hitting analysis, behind-the-scenes strategy, and brutal commentary. Find out why many consider us the place to get their news and information. Check us out at roguenews.com. Follow us on Twitter at Real Rogue News, Facebook, and most of the popular podcasting apps. Most of all, remember to subscribe, like, comment, and share. Just do it. Do it. Just do it. <laughs> What's up, folks? It's V, the Grill Economist. I have with me the producer extraordinaire, the one and only CJ. You can catch CJ at CJ OMC on YouTube. Uh, he puts on his uh, special programs, karaoke nights, unique interviews, different style than what we do here. Over here, it's just raw. It's gritty. It's nasty. It's crazy. It's whatever. Whatever, right? Yeah, so, edible butt plugs. <laughs> you know... Th- no comment. <laughs> no comment. Um, <laughs> see, you better you better give the audience a context before you say something like that, because otherwise they're going to think something of you, man. Right. Well, yeah. But l- listen, we, we have a, a text string that we do with 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 Gus and, and, oh, yeah, and we, myself and we you know, send things back and forth. And I mean, let's face it. There's some crazy shit going on right now. One of which is Netflix has a new show. V. It has a new show coming out, probably under Obama's direction, probably. Probably Obama is probably Obama inspired, uh, but a new Netflix series coming out and it's it's titled <sighs> He's Expecting. Oh, I can't wait. Can I, I just want to show the trailer, man. You know, I just want to I just want to show it, dude. And, and you know, so we were talking like a little bit about how, impressive. you know, socially they're trying to program these things. You know, first it was, you know, and, and it's not necessarily about its acceptance. It's more about indoctrinating now. Right. It's like it's like over the top. It's like. Okay, first we have, uh, you know, one, one to six. six oh, what am I doing? Good. Sorry. That's okay. One uh, to six girls need to to uh, understand their their gender and 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 gender studies. You know, for first first grade through sixth grade, and and now the next lesson is going to be that it's biologically possible that that men can get pregnant and and yep. expecting. I mean, just, and men have men have periods. CJ. Did you know so, that? Yeah. So we started laughing and talk about like you know what's coming next and everything. So we you know we were talking about like these. Uh, crazy uh, things that people are creating. We said, "Well, wait, they're, they're probably creating an edible butt plug for themselves." So, oh, absolutely. <laughs> oh, good cowboys here. Cowboy, all there? right? Yeah, yeah. Sorry. You know what? All I can tell you is, uh, brave does not make it easy to change no, settings. That was terrible. Yeah, yeah, that was it horrible. So <laughs> I use a, I use a full spyware. I use only Google Chrome. <laughs> Holy Google yeah. Chrome, man. That's the thing, man. I just, I can't, I can't do it. Look, you're just in time. We're about to play this amazing trailer from this summer blockbuster that's going to be on Netflix. Are you ready? <laughs> oh, no. Not that. <laughs> yeah, I'm ready. <laughs> and then we'll get into the news of the day, especially what's going on in Russia. The, the whole Ukraine thing is about to get mopped up. We're going to touch base with you, Cowboy, on the market updates and stuff um, right after this. But first, this trailer... From an absolutely award-winning show or movie, whatever it is, on Netflix. Get ready, folks. 50年ほど前、世界各地で男性妊娠の報告が相次ぎました。檜山さん、あなたは妊娠しています。え、妊娠？オッケー、完璧だな檜山。ありがとうございます。子供を持つとか現実的に無理です。<笑> 
来る時いつも遅いんだねごめん仕事がいい私健太郎の彼女じゃないんだからさ俺たち相性いいんでしょう I don't get it. 男性妊娠ってやつ男の人が子供産んでくれるなんていい時代になったよね思わず私の子なのって言っちゃったそれ男 I don't know if this is some sort of a Japanese parody of making fun of us because they do this kind of shit. They troll us on manga and all that other stuff, but let, let, let's keep watching. This is Japanese, clearly, right? Right? Yeah, this is Japanese. <laughs> はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。はい。は
CJ, I guess just to this? get back at him. I don't know. I mean, too much Fogo to challenge. I don't think it was an incontinence issue, but it could have been. <laughs> Unbelievable. Maybe she was watching uh, Two Girls, One Cup. Oh, oh I see. This is going sideways <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> CJ opened up this know. whole thing with edible butt plugs. Now we're on talking onto this this psycho crazy woman defecating on her own bed to get back at John, her husband Johnny Depp. This has gone sideways very quickly. I'm switching conversations. So, how boy, cowboy, cowboy, <laughs> cowboy, how are the markets doing, man? Uh, they're okay. You know, I think. Um, Where's I Bitcoin think at? Bitcoin is, let me see. I got to do the uh, whole share screen business here. Yep. Share the screen. Screen two, screen one, window. That's right. We do brave tabs here, don't we? Yeah, you need, I did. Oh. I've got all the, you know, I got all the charts ready to go. I did right, so. think it would be interesting to talk about uh, like the ten year because I know a lot of people yeah. Yeah, don't yeah. understand it. But we'll start with Bitcoin. Go ahead. Share this tab here. So, uh, looking at the weekly chart. So, uh, for beginners, each one of these bars is one week's worth of price action, right? And price has more or less been range-bound since the beginning of the year. Um, there are many who think that we're going to see a resumption upward. So if you can see, say, from 2021, if you kind of draw some trend lines here, not that big on trend lines. I don't trade them, but they're useful. So you, know, you have a lot of purists in trading. Oh, trend lines are BS. Well, okay. Sometimes they work, sometimes they don't. But they're good for general ideas. Price and to make things super simple, price may find a support where it is and head up. I'm not betting on this, by the way, but this is what people think will happen. And I think something different that I'll explain. But people think it's going to find support in this area and then head up this way. And that would be great. I would love it, but I just actually don't agree with that. Um, I think that maybe in the long term that might happen. But I think price is going to maybe pop up one more time, try to retest this resistance right here. Maybe it might go there, um, you know, maybe somewhere here, maybe not even that high. And then I think it'll head downward. And I think that we will see a bear winter. And we're going to be like this until maybe 2023, just kind of rotating. And I think there will be a wick down possibly to 20K and then just kind of hang out in the 20 to 30K range for a while and eventually, eventually make its way back up. That's what I think is going to happen. Um, I think that because that's what Bitcoin has historically done. And uh, again, nothing that we're saying is investment advice. You know, don't do what I do, do your own research, consult a financial professional, investment professional, somebody licensed, you can lose your money trading. So all that said, what that's what I think will happen. Um, I'll, I'm going to go down to the daily here, though to get a kind of more, you know, closer view. So this is a chart I drew a few days ago. You can actually see this arrow where I started um, on two days ago, maybe yesterday. And I felt that price is going to slowly kind of, well, not so slowly make its way up to the, uh, say, $45,000 area, and then maybe reject down. If it doesn't do that, I think it'll definitely try to make its way up to this, you know, kind of low 50s, high 40s, and then reject it down. That, that's what I think, and it very well could, and that would be nice. But uh, either way, I think that 52K 
if price is able to make it past this, you know, 40, what is that? 48, 49 K kind of peak right there. I'd say the low fifties, 52 to 53 is going to be the local high. And that's if we can make it that high. Now, historically may has been a bullish month for Bitcoin. Yeah. And it happens nearly every year. I think uh, 2019 might've been an exception if you look historically, but it, you know, generally that's the case. So I think we'll see it like maybe a short lived rally and it's, we're in it now. And then it's going to reject at some point. Um, so that's Bitcoin. I'll share Ethereum. Um, so when you look at Ethereum, it's going to look a lot like Bitcoin. Um, it's rejected off of this, uh, say, 3,500-ish area, headed down. But Ethereum does have some fundamentals behind it. I'm not really big on fundamentals all the time. I like, you know, I mostly look at charts. Um, fundamentals are great, though. I mean, you can make money off it. I'm not saying, you know, I'm just saying I don't pay that much attention. But <clears throat> because of the merge that's happening, basically uh, moving to a proof of stake, they are saying that it's going to act like a like a Bitcoin having, but you know, exponentially bigger. Just the only problem is it keeps getting delayed. I think I got some news last week um, where you know they don't want to call it Bitcoin or they don't want to call it Ethereum 2.0 anymore. They just call it whatever they will. But that's actually being um, what's the word delayed. So everything is kind of being delayed. Uh, there's other fundamentals that will support Ethereum later, like ZK rollups and things like that. And I'm not going to get into that, mostly because I don't know how to explain all that very well. Um, but, uh, you know, you can look at Lex Friedman's uh, interview with Vitalik to learn about what uh, ZK rollups are. The interview was a month or two ago. Um, so yeah. I can share, like, the SPY and the DAO if you want to see that. Sure. Uh, unless you have any other crypto that you want to see. Actually, let's see uh, gold and silver. Forget about okay. the cow. It's a I got those. Almost, yeah. It's well, yeah. We know what's up with that. So this is uh, exactly. silver. I get silver, and I, I brought it out to a monthly chart. So we're looking all the way back to like 2008, and you saw the big run up in 2008 um, due to the uh, the financial crisis. I think we're going to see another melt up. Although <sighs> financial crisis was vastly fueled by mortgage-backed securities failing, due in big part to the variable loans um you know we don't have as many of those now so i don't know v what's your opinion like do you think we'll see that same kind of um meltdown in the market uh due to you know housing or do you think it's going to be even bigger because of the wider financial issues say like the bond market yeah i think it's going to be bigger man i think uh right now they're battening down the hatches during this whole entire transition from the unipolar world into the multipolar world. So they're going to be pumping and, and manipulating. Uh, we're going to see interest rates definitely jump uh, in the short term. I don't know how it's going to play out past a year. There's a lot of data metrics that I'm looking at myself that I think I will definitely have to put together very shortly. And I think by, what is this, today's, it's it's April. I think by by let's say july we'll have a really strong strong grasp of what we're looking at going into 2023 because kind of kind of like around july is when the numbers really settle up you know for the the coming year and we can kind of have a good gander on what's happening with energy inflation uh housing markets equities i mean you name it, it just goes on from there but uh, cowboy he, you know texas tom Payne says that he imagines cowboy as the john madden of the charting world now that's all I, <laughs> I want you from here on out, cowboy. I want you to talk like John Madden. Oh man, he's uh, if I remember right. But so you know, it's it's gonna it's gonna turn silver's just gonna go up. 
it's going to hit up real big, but it really depends on what they do. Is it doesn't John Madden use like super simple language and state the obvious? Oh, it's Brett Favre. Brett Favre's down the road, and the Brett Favre. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I'm going to have to do a Madden study. It's just like the the Elon Musk thing. I'm not going to try to imitate him until I've actually done a study. I can't. I tried Musk. I'm not going to even try. I mean, I even tried it, studied it. Just not my uh, not my register. If you take my meaning on that. Um, but yeah, I do. It, it, being the case. Uh, as far as what you're talking about, you know, if we do have, say, uh, melt upwards or an implosion of the bond market, then, yeah, all bets are off. Silver, I'm going to flash back and forth between gold and silver right now on the same scale. You know, I'm just going to do a comparison. That's a lot more quick. Give me one second. I'm going to add gold to this chart so we can kind of see the yeah, different that's a good ways. Idea. I'll overlay it. Yeah, I'll overlay it. Um, let's see here. Gold. I like gold. I like big gold, and I cannot lie. Yeah. <laughs> Let's see here. Share this tab instead. XAG. So, okay, we're now looking at that. I'm going to overlay gold. Gold. Same percent scale. Interesting. Doesn't want to do it. All right, well, whatever. We'll flash back. Don't before. worry. Don't worry. Everything's okay. Pretty good. Well done. So uh, his, this is uh, silver on the monthly. And by the way, uh, before I was coming on to the uh, to the show, like when I couldn't get my mic to work, I heard you doing the beatbox, man. That was pretty impressive, by the way. Ah, uh, give me a break, dude. I was just futzing around. <laughs> yeah, well, that's good. You got to get you behind Biggie on that one. So, oh, so here is uh, gold. You should be looking at now. You can see the charts are similar, but one thing to look at is as I flatten this out how gold acted in 2008 versus how silver acted in 2008 because this is 2008 right here and you have this kind of bump on the way up now silver as i move back to this chart we don't have as much data before 2008 but silver rocketed up i mean holy moly like rocketed up hard let me see it went yeah. from about well that's that's features so we had a peak say around like i remember doing silver around 30 bucks or so 30 20 bucks before that um and then it rocketed up what? oh i'm looking at percent scale no wonder this is all effed up all right so all right this is kind of effed xau let's add silver Okay, so now we have the overlay. Uh, silver is in orange right there, and it's on the same kind of percent scale. And you can just see that silver it has a lot more volatility, right? It moves up faster than gold, and it heads down faster than gold in many cases. So in you know after 2008, you can see that the move up for silver was actually, oh, I mean, I can't seem to unfix this chart, but... Um, it looks like it like moved up twice as much in, in percent. I mean, I, for some reason, I can't get above here right now. But gold went percent-wise from 119 to like 485. So that's like a times two, two and a half. While silver in that same period went from that same 119. Oh, geez. Oh, dude. Yeah. I mean, this <laughs> we're talking about maybe twice as fast at least. So the point is silver moves harder. 
Um, let's take a quick look. I know we wanted to talk about the 10 year. Okay. So a lot of people don't understand why the 10 year treasury yield is important. Right. So I went straight to Investopedia and I wanted to kind of just highlight a basic paragraph. I'll just read it because, you know, I'm not going to explain it better than this. The 10 year, the importance of the 10 year treasury bond yield goes beyond just understanding the return on investment for the security. The 10 year is used as a proxy for many other important financial matters, such as mortgage rates. This bond also tends to signal investor confidence. The U.S. Treasury sells bonds via auction and yields are set through a bidding process. When confidence is high, prices for the 10-year drop and yields rise. This is because investors feel they can find higher returning investments elsewhere and do not feel they need to play it safe. But when confidence is low, bond price rises and yields fall as there is more demand for the safe investment. The confidence factor is also felt outside of the U.S. The geopolitical situations of other countries can affect U.S. government bond prices as the U.S. is seen as a safe haven for capital. This can push up prices of uh, bonds demand as demand increases. One thing about that, though, is that, and V, you can comment on this better than I ever could. Um, the international picture is, at this point, I don't think you can really separate that from the dollar because of the way the dollar has been running the world. Yeah. So it, it seems to me that even though this does kind of seem to want to separate those two ideas, I don't think you can. I mean, is that, no. is that so one thing that we started to talk about last week was the demand elasticity for the dollar. And that's what led me to this because we it, it's probably virtually impossible to chart demand elasticity for the dollar, to try to chart how much demand for the dollar changes as the supply of the dollar changes because here's the problem what the biggest problem is the euro dollar system and uh you know this again better than i do maybe i can have you explain uh the euro dollar system but essentially you can't really measure the dollars in the euro dollar system because these are banks outside of the u.s that will create loans that put dollars on their balance sheets and literally create dollars out of thin air um, v, can you add anything to the euro dollar system that would help people understand why we can't really measure the amount of money that that pumps into the system outside of the Fed? Yeah, because the, the whole, I mean, look at a couple years ago when I, I believe it was a congressman from Florida who was grilling Bernanke, Ben Bernanke, uh, in the Senate finance uh, hearings. And um, the um, Bernanke. Uh, he responded because, you know, the congressman was asking him uh, what happened to two point three trillion dollars that was shipped overseas to European banks. And Bernanke's like, well, we don't know where it is. Well, we can't tell you. Of course, he knows where it is. Now, you got to understand what what Europe is. Europe, like Japan, like every single other uh, entity that is outside of the United States uh, dollar system. And the purpose for the euro, the purpose for the yen, and of course, on, 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 on one level, the purpose for the euro is for, of course, a transnational European currency that is tying together the economies of Europe. That's level number one. But several, several levels deeper than that, the express purpose of the euro is a dollar hegemon it's a dollar protecting mechanism number one number two 
It is what I dubbed the mischief engine. And what the mischief engine is, it is a way for dark dollars that are, you know, sold off and, and or dumped on the bond markets to be bolt hold, number one. Number two, it is a great way for a lot of the, uh, the, the dollars that are, that are floating around in the market or liquidity that's sloshing around in the market to be diverted off into various other financial instruments that propagate and prop up the unipolar global system. Now, what is happening with the euro dollars, we cannot know exactly. We never will know exactly how much dark capital, dark fiat is created within these systems. We will never know because it's these things that are in operation in every sort of nefarious and deep, dark, covert operation as well as agenda that is out there that we see today in the, in the Western world. So we don't exactly know. Now, because it is a mischief engine, just like in Japan, okay, is a, the Japanese economic system is a is a subordinate to the U.S. system. It's a vassal the purpose, system. Yeah, it's a vassal, correct. The vassal system in Europe, and this is what I said, like, Cowboy, you remember, like, uh, about a week or two when you were back and you were on with me on a Friday, and we talked about that the dollar will devour the euro? I was going to bring that up. I wanted you to expand on that. Yeah, and I said that, you know, now, because of the pressure that is happening, the schism that has occurred within the global financial markets where the East is separating from the West and, 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 and economies throughout the world are realizing we don't need to be a slave. We don't need to be a vassal to the king dollar anymore. So what is going to happen in order to prop up the dollar, they're going to eat the European economies. Case in point, the fire economy. That is finance, insurance, real estate, also known as the speculative economy. The speculative economy is the enemy of the physical economy. The speculative economy is supposed to be only be a small percentage of the physical economy. But in America, in, in the UK, which is far worse in terms of speculation than where we, where we are, and in, the, in Europe as well, the speculative economy or the fire economy runs rampant. So when there's nothing, when, when so when the dollar's mechanism that they they are relying on the dollar's world reserve status in order to run in order to manipulate many of the fraud that is happening in the global markets throughout the world, you name it, LIBOR scandal, right? You name it, the the uh, the, the what's happening in the in the repo markets at the Fed window, you name it, cocoa bonds in in Europe, you name it. I mean the list goes on and on and on those mechanisms are going to now start doubling down. They're going to be about protecting the dollar. So what we're witnessing here, folks, now without getting into the technical, the, the, the nitty-gritty, is we are seeing and what we're going to see in, in 2023, in 2024, is the euro system coming to the defense of the dollar. In other words, the eurozone, because it is bought and paid for by Wall Street, remember, who set up the 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 the, uh, the progeny? Who set up the 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 uh, the, uh, uh, the 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 very uh, foundation of what became the euro bonds, which created the European Union? Well, it was Euroclear. Now, who the hell was Euroclear? Euroclear was set up by who? 
J.P. Morgan in 1968 to help to create what would eventually be the euro bonds that will create the European Union. So the European system has always been about keeping the king dollar alive. So as this, the king dollar is being threatened, just like you will sacrifice your queen, you will sacrifice your, your rook, your knight, and your pawns to save the king. Likewise, you will see the queen, that is the EU market, falling on the sword to protect the king dollar. And that's what we're going to see. The, the eurozone is, is, is going to go into an energy crisis. It's going to go into a manufacturing crisis. Germany is going to lose its manufacturing powerhouse. And what's going to happen? More and more speculative markets that are in the end dollar-backed will flood the European zone. It will flood the EU. Why? Because we need to get as much speculative products, i.e. carbon credits, i.e. green offsets, i.e. Uh, environmental green economy, green energy, um, global reset, blah, blah, blah. Financialized Anything. oil. Bingo. Financialized oil, where you can, you know, a country could have shares in oil but not actually have possession of it. I mean, this is where it's going. Financialized food. Everything's getting financialized, right? And then that is going to be proliferating and filling the European marketplace where every poor, every poor schlep is going to gravitate towards these products. It's going to be part of their, quote, unquote, functioning economy. But it's not going to be a functioning economy. It's going to be a neo-feudalistic totalitarian nightmare. All for the king dollar. So this is the main reason why we will never know exactly what the, uh, uh, the, the amount of money that is sloshing around in the European markets. We don't know, and we will never know. Only those that are in the power, only those that are in the network will be the only ones that know. Yeah, I, I take a look at um, what is the – how big is the derivatives market right now? I know there's probably no way to know, but we can estimate it, right? Is it like yeah, quadrillions? It's, it's in the quadrillions, and they'll lie to you. They'll tell you, oh, you know, much of the debt that uh, the institutions have, they all paid it down. No, they didn't. All they did was accounting gymnastics. They never took – you know, they never really took any of this outside of the system. They took it off the books, but it doesn't mean it's off the system. It's still sloshing around in there. It's a ticking time bomb. We see the one thing that – so when I trade Forex, right, and, and that's mostly where I'm at in markets is Forex um, these days, I use leverage because you have to. You can't really make any money on Forex unless you have millions of dollars. You have to use leverage. And low leverage is what I use, which is 50 to 1 in the Forex market. There are people out there with 1,000 to 1. That means that technically what they're doing is for every dollar that they use in margin, for every one of their own dollars that they risk on a trade, they're borrowing a thousand dollars. And then they pay a small fee for that, you know, in and out of the trade in minutes or days. So if you think about that, even at 50 to one, even at a hundred to one, I mean, look, that means that I think Forex is a five trillion dollar a day market. That's how much is traded. Yep. Now, five trillion dollars a day. I'm going to just throw a number out there and say that that's a hundred times the amount of money that's actually really traded. So 5 trillion goes down to 50, to 50 billion. Is that, it doesn't matter. It's like 99% of that money only exists as loans that are allowed people to speculate. 
that means that the biggest market in the world is 99% speculation. Right. And it's speculation on speculation. It's insane. So if what you're saying is that like, okay, look at the Japanese yen. That one's having a tough time too, right? They're infinite Kiwi since the 90s. They're, you know, they're, if, if you want to make like money in the Forex market, and again, this is not investment advice, go ahead and long JPY counterfeiters, which means like basically bet against the yen because it's just been like really headed down pretty far. I could have predicted it on the charts. In fact, I did. Um, there's been some news around it. I tend to feel that a lot of news is um, just something to sell. And if you just watch the charts, the charts will tell you everything. And in fact, I did bring up some charts that are relative to this conversation. Uh, we talked about the 10-year treasury yield, why it's important. So essentially, here is a chart for the yield. Uh, let me share this tab. And you can see, I mean, this goes back to like the 80s, right? And the 10-year treasury yield has continued to head down over time. But since 20, let me see, since 2020, which was an interesting year. In fact, since the beginning of 2020, during the COVID crash, I'm going to expand this just so we can get a really good look at it. And the yields have really skyrocketed. I mean, skyrocketed. So essentially what they're doing is they're raising the price to try to get people to go into that investment. Meaning people are less interested in it, which is kind of interesting because we're supposed to be in the middle of a crash, right? Aren't we supposed to be in the middle of like a market crash? Yep. And when you're in the middle of a market crash, you get that. You get these, you know, heavy, heavy dumps. That's what you get in the middle of a market crash. So supposedly we're hearing, oh, we're going to be in a recession and all this and that and the other. At the same time, the 10-year yield is spiking like this. I don't know. Seems like, is it a meltdown or up? Right, exactly. Uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, So we're all being told that we're being scared out of markets. And, you know, look, if you ask me, if you are buying stocks, in the end, they'll be useless. But I play the paper game. I actually will play the game. So I can pull money out of the market and then purchase things that I like, such as gold and you know food and things like that. So it, it, what I think they intend to do is one last major just melt upwards. And we're seeing indica indication of this right here. We're not seeing these yields change. I mean, even on the daily, on the daily, look at the yields, look at the treasury yields. I mean, sure, the, the Dow has been you know having some issues. The spy has been having issues, but the treasury yields are just continue to go up. Now, here's yeah. another look: is the the Fed funds rate. Here's the uh, I have to switch the screen here. The Fed funds rate. Okay, this is going back to like, oh, uh, as far back as you want to go. Mm. And so you had like a higher rate at the end of the seventies, and now the Fed funds rate is just bottomed out. You can't really go. I mean, I guess you can go below zero if you institute a uh, ZERP zero interest rate policy. Uh, VJ, what do you think about that uh, as far as ZERP? I mean, how, you know, is that you think by July you're going to have a better idea of how soon that's going to happen if it happens? Oh, man, I, I think by July I'll know if we're going to forget ZERP. I think we're, we're, we're heading to some sort of NERP is a very possibility. That's what I meant was uh, NERP, not ZERP. Yeah, yeah, ne yeah, negative interest rates. We're, we're probably looking at, I mean, look, I mean, there's already uh, 15 trillion in, in sovereign bonds right now that are being traded at a negative rate if I. Last time I checked, I don't know if that number has gone up or down, but the point is, you know, this is already happening. This is here. And remember what Stanley Fisher said in 2015, 
the Fed's main concern is not anything or anyone else. It is the the Fed's main concern is um, maintaining the market. And if it means a negative interest rate, then we'll go to negative interest rates. Okay, and they're going to try to spin it in some regard. And this is why UBI is very important, universal basic income. Because while they hit you with negative interest rates, okay, where you're going to have a certain, you're saving money, you're going to have 25, 35, 45, 50 basis points coming out of your checking account every month. They're going to reverse that in the sense of, oh, we're going to give you $1,500 a month, universal basic income. Because we're already doing build, it. I'm going to build a model of what I think our monetary system looks like. Good. Okay, so this little poll is yeah. like what we're actually backed by. Uh, you can call it a lot of things. You can call it faith. You can call it the full uh, strength, of the, the full might of the military. But really, we're not backed on gold. That that stopped a really long time ago. I mean, it's, you know, technically 71, but really before that. So we have this, this entire edifice that is just getting bigger and bigger. It's just the debt is just growing and growing. And the problem is, is that the debt on which the, the foundation on which that debt is placed, the actual backing, like I said, you can call it faith, you can call it military, you can call it petrodollar, that's shrinking and shrinking. And what's going to happen when this continues to shrink? You know, it, it's been getting wobbly. You saw a wobble in 2001. You even saw a wobble in the late 80s, but you really saw a wobble in 01. You saw a wobble in 08. You're seeing some wobbles now, and then as this gets thinner, as the base of this gets thinner and thinner, aka as the reserve status of the dollar erodes, the debt is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. I mean, look, I think we kind of know how this ends, right? So in essence, what they're probably going to do is this little pole holding everything up is essentially... It, it can be looked at as the interest rate. It's far more complicated than that. So when you take the interest rate away and you make it negative and this goes away, the NERP is going to function as some kind of a new anti-gravity on the currency. But in reality, the currency itself is going to dissipate. So it, it, this block right here is going to turn into steam. It's just going to go away. But until it goes away, what I think is going to happen is demand for the dollar is going to increase because all the other choices are getting worse and worse and worse with the exception of some currencies that are backed by, you know, um, backed by commodities. And those are in their infancy that you can't even, they're not even, they're a blip, but the major currencies out there, you get the JPY, the EUR, um, I, uh, you know, you have a few others that, that matter in the end though, they're going to evaporate faster than the dollar. So oh, yeah. the dollar is going to evaporate the slowest. And until that happens, Finding a way to get the right assets is the way to go. And when is that going to happen? Nobody knows. I mean, I don't know. V, you said, I think yesterday in your show, five years, you think? Maybe two or three? Five at best? Yeah, I'm looking like three to five is what I'm looking at, man. I mean, there's enough juice in the system. Uh, it, it, it Can it go further than five years? Possible, yeah. I think it's very possible. You know, And again, this is barring any unforeseen events. Nobody could predict uh, any another um, you know, what is it called? Another black swan. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, well, the, I'll tell you what I did uh, last week at the store. You know, I bought these raised garden beds. I'm going to learn how to grow uh, food, all these things. I moved to an area that has a lot of food production. 
uh, you know, uh, CJ is always really uh, very presciently saying how uh, we should be involved in our local economies. And I think that's huge. And I think one way to do that is to become an actual food producer. I met with uh, the a husband and wife who actually started the first organic dairy in my state. And I got their information. So they, they told me exactly what to do. I got some soil that I'm going to use, some special soil. I'm going to send it off to get that soil tested so that, you know, I can uh, change that soil if I need to. And I'm changing what I'm doing to become a food producer. That's what I'm going to do. Am I going to be a farmer? I don't know. But what I will probably do is I will create something where I can educate other people on what I'm doing so that they can have their own food independence. Um, yeah. So, you know, these are the kinds of things I'm doing. And in the meantime, I'm going to make money on these paper markets so that I can fund what I'm doing and become debt free. So yeah, I think I, I think you hit the nail on the head. I always tell people, you know, in these times, you want to focus on income stream and making the most amount of food, I mean, make the most amount of money as possible. Folks, figure out how you can make the most amount of food possible. You know, make the most amount of food, whether it's raised gardens or what, what have you. You know, make make friends with local farmers, co-ops, and whatnot. You know. Well, what what did Bill Gates just invest in like a year or two ago? Farmland. Farmland. I mean, look, Bill Gates, like him or not, he knows stuff. Yeah. He knows what's up. Mm -hmm. So that's that's it. I mean, I could go on, but I think we kind of covered some pretty uh, pretty pretty what do you go pretty dense material today. I think we'll give people a chance to to digest. Absolutely. Siege. Lots of going on in uh, in Russia, my friend. Well, I think, you know, getting back to the economics of things and sticking along that since we've got like 10 minutes left. Um, I, I, yeah, I think it's important to take a look at some of the, the massive pivots and changes that are occurring. Uh, we had Israel announce that they are diversifying Ooh, their reserves. Yes. They are actually going to uh, dump U.S. treasuries and now add the Chinese yuan as part of their baskets of reserve currency. I can't remember the exact dollar amount uh, the uh what they had listed. Let me see if I can find it real quick. Uh, so, yeah. So, it looks like... Doo -doo 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 -doo. I got it. Uh, I got it right here. You got it? Okay. Yeah. So, so I think that the writing is on the wall, and I think that, that countries are understanding that the future of, of trade and commerce is going to be outside of the U.S. dollar. Uh, we also have a major announcement where Putin is emphasizing the fact that he wants BRICS nations to pivot away from SWIFT and do exchanges on the new system away from it. And, and all this, like, like I say, I stated this, you know, a couple of weeks ago that we, we have left the, the, uh, the, the eye of the hurricane, we've, we've left the eye of the hurricane and now we're navigating away from it to the turbulent areas and things are going to start happening a lot quicker. And I think there's a lot of evidence that's pointing to that same direction. So you have that going on. Uh, you also have the fact that the UK is also having difficulties in their banking sector. I can't remember which bank it was announced. Uh, they're closing and reducing hours of several of their banks. And why is because, let's face it, retail banks in the future are, are not going to exist. Yep. It's, it's going to completely change from the model that exists today where you walk into a bank, you do your transactions. Technology has evolved. that has changed quite a bit. And banks are realizing that, you know what, having a brick and mortar retail banking is not profitable. You know, because what are you doing? You're basically doing service-based transactions, not, you know, investment dollars. They train their bankers to identify. They have all kind of rolled up data to show, hey, which customers to target. But you can still do that from the, from the, the, the you know, from a basically like a home-based office. 
And so numerous factors pointed to what's happening. And I don't think we should ever, I don't think we should take our eye too far off of uh, of what uh, Biden signed the executive order a little over a month ago, which I don't think we discussed a whole lot. But that was the really the rollout of the Fed coin and getting the traction. I think he has identified 180 days for them to project how the Fed coin would work, how it would replace the dollar in terms of how and, and that's coming. And I think when that happens, we potentially could see a fallout in the cryptocurrency market. Um, I'm just saying that completely based upon speculation. Uh, yeah. But I think in, in reality, when that hits, there's numerous factors, whether you consider inflation, where you consider that people have to put food on the table and then looking at methods of exchange and trade, you know, they're going to be able to do so with their cryptocurrencies. Are they going to be able to find a local farmer that's going to be happy with taking whatever crypto, whatever they're going to have to evolve to this new digital platform? And, and again, it's, it's happening at lightning pace. So many distractions while they do this is someone pointed out the other day on a live stream you notice how they put things out like the hunter biden laptop they put so many distractions and nobody wants to talk about the economics of things there's no conversation about that you turn on your tv fox news cnn everyone's talking about ukraine everyone's talking about about uh the laptop but yet there's very little discussion regarding the true nuts and bolts of the economy based upon the fed and their managing of, of our economies and and when you look i think there's the last statistic that came out showed that basically U.S. government expenditures, okay, U.S. government expenditures accounted for almost, no, 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 it accounted for 30% of GDP of our country. That means- Isn't that wonderful? <laughs> that it's means crazy. the government has to keep up this volume level of spending. Hence, what happens to inflation? Just keeps rising and going up. Biden came out today at 1030 and said, hey, by the way, we're going to We've already rolled out over a billion dollars in weapons and, and, and support to Ukraine. And I'm going to go back to Congress next week because we've exhausted that balance, that, that, that approved budget. And I'm going to ask for another billion dollars or whatever. It's just complete insanity. And, and oh, yeah. this, uh, the demise of what we are existing model of what we know is completely shifting. It's changing. And everyone needs to embrace that. Exactly. Well, I, want to, I want to weigh in on that with crypto. How dare you, CJ? How dare you? Just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it is we can take one look at what happened in early 2020 so when markets crash that there was this whole thing of oh, crypto it's a safe haven it's this is that it's the other it's you know it, as soon as the economy goes crazy and starts to fall crypto is just going to go to a million dollars well look that's not what happened crypto is a risk on asset so far we don't know how it's going to be in the future but everything we've seen up until now and even now says that crypto is Ripto? Ripto. Ripto. Did you just make a new coin? That's new it. Coin. The Ripto yes. coin. The Ripto coin. It's just uh, what happens when you have too many beans. Um, so basically, it's, yeah, it's risk on. So if things go sideways in the economy, what has always happened in the past is crypto has dipped. So if we think otherwise, we're playing against the odds. And and that goes that, that goes part and partial with what CJ is saying. No, well, I how many, how much, and I mean, how many dollars, if you look at the, the total asset clowns cryptos, how much of it is speculative? Like how much is actually physical Jeez. holding of that crypto, right? They're in exchange. It's all, it's all speculative. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So, I mean, there, well, there's I mean, risk. I can in, tell in, you. In, good. Coin, I'm going to go to coin market cap. Yeah, so again, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not smashing the crypto market. That's not what I'm saying. I'm just saying that what you said, that there's there's risk on that are associated with these financial mechanisms 
and how you navigate. And, and really, each individual has to take a customized approach if you can do it. If you're sitting on, on tons of cash and you can expand that and find ways of, of getting it out of the current banking system and, and, and making money doing it, you know, then go for it. But it really, you know, falls down to the individual in terms of what you need to do through this economic reset. It's, it's tough to paint with such a broad brush uh, when, you know, we, we deal with people with various situations that we're, we're currently navigating and living through. Well, cryptocurrency is a, uh, it, it's almost all speculation. You really don't have very much being used except for like making Bitcoin, even Bitcoin. Um, now there's speculation, which Bitcoin mostly is. You don't have people really using it to buy things on a large scale, but you also have speculation on top of speculation. Um, I was going to try to get figures. It's going to take too long. But what I can tell you is if you take a look at the actual traded volume of these coins and you look at the volume of derivatives traded regarding these coins, it's like it's kind of like what we're talking about with the with the, the derivatives and how bigger that market is, how much bigger that market is than the actual, uh, you know, stock market or anything else. It's so, yeah, you, you know, the 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 danger is there. If you think Bitcoin is going to go up when the market crashes, then you're betting against what has happened in the past. Remember when the whole pandemic happened? It uh, literally, you know, cryptos took a dump. If you remember, oh, you yeah. know, yeah. Well, I put it up in the chart if you really want to see it, but it, it was it was ugly. Uh, let's see if I can find it real quick. Here we have dangerous digital dollar warning: Fed coin is coming, and it may replace cash and hurt savers as well as allowing government to track your payments. <laughs> this brain dead moron wants this because he's a technocratic fool. You are, what did he tell the Pope? You are a famous African American baseball player. Oh, dude, that was the greatest thing ever. I, I, I think I could, I could find it. Uh, let me see here. Biden, you, Biden to Pope. You are the greatest. And he's. The guy mumbles. Yeah, it's the greatest. Ooh, that's, uh, that's uh, the uh, All right, God, I found it. Here we go. This is, this is great. Thank you for that. You're the famous African American baseball player in America. <laughs> 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 Oh my god. He was you talking know, about the Pope's afterlife, okay? Leave him alone. <laughs> Dude, I'm telling you that I and, I and what they didn't show you on YouTube, but the actual full clip shows you is that the other lady, the translator, her, she says, he just called you an African American. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not that. What are you talking about? I'm a, I'm, a, I'm not that. I'm a money laundering uh, for the Vatican Bank. I'm a uh, corrupt Jesuit. So I'll tell you, my theory on, on Biden, one of the theories I have is like the the cabal want to show us just how powerful they are. They are so powerful that they can put that guy into the most powerful seat in the world. That's how powerful yep. they are. It's like, yeah, we can put a, a mumbling, you know, dementia. A Muppet. Person, a Muppet. We can put him in charge of the world. It's amazing. And you know what's scary? I think if you ask a certain percentage of society – I bet they're comfortable with doing that. I bet they're comfortable saying, you know what, I'm okay having, you know, just a spokesperson, spokesperson basically for, for the government. He can't even really speak that well. 
uh, and let everyone else, the controllers in the background, operate. Uh, I think that people would be fine with that, letting Obama have his third or fourth, fourth term uh, of what's taking place. But yes, I mean, I think people understand. And and again, you know, another huge thing that very got l- very little news attention at all, where uh, yesterday the uh, Chinese uh, equivalent of the uh, United States met in terms of uh, security and defense met uh, with uh, with China. And basically he said, listen, he's like, Taiwan is part of China. Yep. Don't I mean, just basically just said look, there's no other narrative here. So don't I'm even going to try to pronounce pronounce his name. But uh, here, V, I'll send you the link real quick so you can send this up. Uh, but this is this is the is is evolving really you know quickly. And, and if the United States sends it, thinks that they're going to send weapons or start preparing Taiwan, um, China's China's way ahead of them. And, and they're not playing games here. They just. You know, this was an important meeting where they discussed what, what's happening, the future projection of, of Taiwan, and they weren't having it. So the defense minister of China basically said, look, you know what? This is this is this is it. Taiwan is part of China and no one can change that. You yeah. know, uh, defense minister Wei Feng He said Wednesday during a rare phone call with U.S. Uh, defense secretary affirmative action Lloyd Austin. According to a statement from Beijing, uh, General Affirmative Action has you know, it was he was uh, speaking to this guy. So if uh, the Taiwan issue were not handled properly, the damaging impact on Sino-U.S. relations were added, according to the Defense Ministry. Yeah, uh, Joaquin Flores, who Joaquin Flores, by the way, I know I've talked about him before. He's the new resistance on Telegram. Guys, got the guy does like two to four hours of, of streams every single day. I mean, the guy's guy's a monster. He's a monster. I highly recommend checking out his channel on Telegram. Uh, his, I yep. think, he, what he said. If I, I think I'm attributing this, this to him properly, but he said that China likes Taiwan where it is because it gives them the opportunity to use, you know, it gives their oligarchs, if you will, or whatever, their rich people in China, the ability to. Do a lot of banking that they would not be able to go. Oh on yeah, it's it, 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 it's it's uh, yeah, it's another banking hub just like Hong Kong. Uh, it's uh, or, or Hong Kong, Singapore, what used to be Ukraine, yeah. <laughs> you know, for, former Ukraine. <laughs> yep. So yeah, and I got I can share this real quick if you guys want to see what happened in twenty twenty yeah, to Bitcoin. Um, and again, CJ hit this on the head. Uh, can you guys see the screen? No. Yes. Not yet. I'll put oh. it up. It's coming. It do now. Oh, perfect. Yeah. So. That, that big dump, that's what happened in 2020. So what happens is uh, people are still using the dollar for a lot of their investments. And when the excrement hits the propeller, um, they tend to want to go back to the dollar. So they'll sell everything to get to the dollar. So this happened in the space of like five weeks. I mean, it went from yep. 10,000 to 3,000 so yeah, yep. It went, yeah, I remember that. It went from ten thousand, then all of a sudden the pandemic started, and then next thing you know, bada boom. Where's <laughs> <laughs> all the girls? <laughs> That's what happened for weeks and weeks. <laughs> and every single one of these twinks that are in the cryptoverse. We're sitting there holding their nut sacks, wondering what just happened. I, I had a buddy who actually had dry powder, and in the middle of the capitulation, because you can see the capitulation actually accelerated. You had a move down, and then a fast move down, and then just a dump 
Um, that last yeah. dump, I'm going to see if I can – I want to show you guys how quickly that happened. Give me a moment to zoom in. I know we're probably at the end of the show here, so forgive me, but this, this kind of stuff is amazing. Um, and I would like to preface this that every single institution that I'm dealing with on the back end, we all know there's a major jump coming in Bitcoin and crypto before any of the older stuff falls apart, and we're still a few years out from that. Uh, we're looking at anywhere between eighty-five to one hundred thousand per Bitcoin, and, and it's going to happen. But that's your that's your cue to the exit doors, folks. I'm moving uh, moving the chart back to that time. I can't go back because what's that? So well, anyway, I can't I can't do it because limitations on trading. Let's see if I can at least do it on the three hour. So that's uh, March first of twenty twenty. Oh, three, oh, one, oh, two. All right, there it is. So these are three-hour bars, right? So if <laughs> this happened, I'm like, this last bit was one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine times three, 27, within a day, within a day. And I had a buddy who he told me, like, beforehand. So, you know, I, I'm talking to guys mostly in China, but also, you know, we're elsewhere. And one of my buddies is like, well, I got to stick with the plan. He, goes, he said, I said, what's that? He goes, I'm going to buy it if it approaches 3000 And dude, everybody in the world is like, crypto's going to die. It's it's over. The world's going to end. And he, he just bought at like 3400 The guy's a beast. Nice. Wow. Yeah. So that's, you know, <laughs> anyway, that's that. Yep. And Russia's uh, holding it down. They got, they captured Mariupol. Everything's been liberated in the Donbass. So just, uh, the, Biden said that there was no it. proof of that today on his, his, his teleprompter. That's true. He said there was no proof I believe of that. everything. <laughs> I believe everything the government tells me. The U.S. government is as pure as the wind driven snow. They don't set up people. They don't, there are no criminals among them, Siege. Not, not a single well, one. They're, got, pure, they're the saints. You guys hear the Twitter's racist now? It is racist. It's racist. It's racist. Everything's racist. They don't. They don't want an African American owner. That's what it is. <laughs> Elon Musk. That's what it is. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Elon Musk is African. Yeah, apparently, he secured the the cash for the purchase. Um, there was a, a tweet I saw a little bit ago that he submitted final approval paperwork uh, to the SEC and uh, showing uh, proof of of the uh, liquidity cash to to purchase Twitter. So to purchase very interesting. Price, at, the, at, at that 54 offer or yeah offer. yeah yeah that, i think it's gonna have to go up what we could do is create like some kind of a, a movement where everybody puts a little bit of money into twitter and then pledges their shares towards elon yep. right absolutely yep. all right gentlemen we're at the end of the show i want to thank all you folks for listening in tomorrow is a two-hour special with velas uh velas two hours tomorrow going we're going to be covering a lot of ground so get prepared for that and with that being said, I am the gorilla. He is the producer. And the other gentleman with us is the one and only cowboy. We are over and out. <laughs>